A Christmas Nutcracker Hello, this is Natasha and I'm here to tell you a wonderful Christmassy story. About a nutcracker who looked like a toy soldier. The story comes from Germany and it was made into a ballet by the famous Russian composer Tchaikovsky. It was the night before Christmas. Clara and Fritz were sitting by the door of the kitchen. Their cheeks were red after throwing snowballs outside in the cold air. Their eyes shone brighter than the candles on the Christmas tree. They were chatting very excitedly about something. And what were the two children so excited about on Christmas Eve? You don't have to be a genius to guess the answer to that question. But they were talking about presents. And the presents for Carla and Fritz were wrapped up and waiting for them on the kitchen table, just on the other side of the door. But the children were forbidden to go through the door until it was time. Time for presents. And as they couldn't see the presents, they talked about them instead. I bet, said Fritz, that this year Godfather Drosselmere has made two entire armies of clockwork soldiers. Thousands and thousands of them. Cavalry and infantry and artillery. And they'll go to war with each other and fire cannons and guns like this. Bam! It will be just like a real battle. Oh no, said Clara. I do hope he's made something more pretty than that. I think he's made a toy theatre with an orchestra that plays and ballerinas that look like swans and dance on their tiptoes. In fact, Godfather Drosselmere has told me himself that he has been to see the Russian dancers and that they were the most marvellous thing he had ever seen. I think that's why he's making a magic theatre for us. You're such a silly nincompoop sometimes, said Fritz. Godfather Drosmere doesn't do magic. He makes clockwork that you can wind up. Oh yes, he does do magic, said Clara. And in any case, you're the silly nincompoop. So there. And the children chattered on. Until at last, the doorbell rang to announce that Drosselmere himself had arrived at the house. The children rushed to meet him in the hall. Oh, God, Father, do please come into the kitchen so we can open our presents, begged Clara. He was a funny-looking man who wore a wig that sometimes slid off his head. He had a faint moustache that had never grown very bushy and his left eye was usually half closed. 
His hands and fingers were very tiny, and he was ever so clever with them. Fritz was right. Godfather Drosselmeier was a watch and clock maker, and one of the cleverest who had ever lived. But then, perhaps Clara was right too. Maybe, just maybe, he also could do a little magic. But in any case, his presents were always amazing and wonderful. It took a while to gather the whole family, including parents, children, aunts, uncles, and godparents. But at last, it was time to open the presents. Sweets, dolls, tin soldiers all emerged out of the wrapping paper, and even a sultan's palace, beautifully carved and painted. They were exciting, lovely presents. And at last they were all opened, except that they hadn't yet found a gift from Drosselmeier. Clara understood that he was keeping back an extra special surprise for them. But Fritz thought that their godfather was such a strange man that perhaps he had forgotten about Christmas this year. Both children were too polite to ask. But Clara gave her godfather a gift of her own. A picture of a sugar plum fairy that she had painted herself. The old man was clearly delighted with it. He said, And what have I got for dear Clara and Fritz this year? Ah, yes, I remember now. It's here in my waistcoat pocket. And he pulled out a very small present, no longer than his hand. Which one of you wants to open it this year? Fritz saw how small the present was and said, let Clara open it. She's so excited about it because she's still a baby. And Clara took the present and felt it. Yes, here was its head, a little on the large side, and here were its legs. She smiled and said, It's a doll. I bet it dances. And she carefully unwrapped it. But it wasn't just a doll. It was a nutcracker, painted to look like a toy soldier. The handles were legs in bright red trousers and with feet in shiny boots. And the part where you put the nuts to crack them looked like an oversized head with giant jaws. On top of its head, it wore a tall, furry hat. To tell you the truth, it was rather ugly. Why, thank you, said Clara. You're not disappointed, are you? asked Godfather Drosselmeier. No, she said. I love the Nutcracker Soldier because he's funny. And she gave her Godfather a hug and a kiss. 
But Fritz did not like the Nutcracker soldier at all. He thought it was useless. Well, almost. You could use it to crack nuts. And after dinner, that's what they did. Clara and Fritz sat under the Christmas tree and cracked walnuts in the mouth of the soldier. Clara wasn't quite strong enough to break the shells, but Fritz found it easy until he tried to break open an extra hard nut. He squeezed and squeezed and squeezed until eventually the nutcracker broke. One of its jaws came off, leaving the poor soldier with a half mouth. Oh no! squealed Clara. Why did you do that? And she grabbed the nutcracker and a broken off piece of its jaw and ran off to find their mother. But what could their mother do? All she could do was hug Clara and promise that Godfather Drosselmeyer would make the nutcracker as good as new in the morning. It was funny, but now that the nutcracker soldier was damaged, Clara felt sorry for it. And even though it had an ugly face, she began to love it as much as if it were the most beautiful doll in the world. And when Clara went to lay it under the Christmas tree, she felt so sad that she lay down and held the broken soldier closely to her. She cried a little, and soon she fell asleep among the presents. And if you came into the room just then, you might have thought that Clara herself was a big doll, like the others flopped under the tree. At midnight, the twelve chimes of the grandfather clock roused Clara from her sleep. She sat up and wondered for a moment where she was. And as she looked up, she saw Godfather Drosselmere sitting on the very top of the tree in the place of the angel. Godfather! What are you doing up there? she said. But he did not answer because he was just a doll. And then she saw the nutcracker. Oh, how sad it looked lying there with a piece missing. But then the Nutcracker soldier turned over and it smiled at her with its broken face. She screamed and started to run for the door. But she'd only taken a few steps when she saw that the whole floor in front of her was covered with mice. Only they weren't ordinary mice because they were dressed as soldiers and they had swords and rifles. Out in front, they were led by a terrible rodent with seven heads, each with a golden crown on it. I think that anybody could get a fright from a mouse. They are so small and squeaky, but at the same time, they appear out of holes and cracks so suddenly that they catch us by surprise. But an army of mice and a seven-headed mouse king, this was a terrible sight indeed. But before she could scream, or cry, or run. The Nutcracker doll rushed forward, followed by his own army of dolls and tin soldiers, 
and the battle between the toys and the mice broke out all around Clara's feet. The mice squeaked and guns and cannons fired on both sides. Clara wondered why the whole family was not awoken by the noise. Toys and mice lay wounded on all sides and the Nutcracker was fighting with the Mouse King. The Mouse King was biting the Nutcracker with his seven heads, but the Nutcracker fought on. If only he was not broken, he could have caught the Mouse King in his jaws. As it was, all he could do was to dance, jump and kick with his long legs. Suddenly, he was surrounded by mice soldiers who caught him by the feet and started to drag him away. Oh, no, you don't! screamed Clara, and she took off her shoe and threw it as hard as she could at the Mouse King. She just missed him, but he took fright and started to run. When the army of mice saw their king running from a giant girl and her flying shoes, they turned and fled in horror. In a moment, they had vanished into the cracks between the floorboards, leaving their prisoner, the Nutcracker, behind them. All the toys cheered and began to dance. They danced all night until the first light came through the window. And they crept back into their toy box or went back to sleep under the Christmas tree. Clara pulled herself back into her own room and fell into a deep sleep. She awoke late on Christmas morning. When she went downstairs, she found Godfather Drosselbeer. He had already fixed the Nutcracker doll so that he was as good as new. Thank you so much, dear Godfather, said Clara. It's the best present I ever had. And then she told him about her strange dream. Godfather Drosselmere put his head on one side while he listened to her dream. And when she had finished telling him, he said, Very interesting indeed. Your dream reminds me of a story. Let me tell it to you now. And this is the story that he told Clara. One Christmas, some bad mice crept into the royal palace and gobbled up all the meat that was meant for the king's special Christmas lunch. The king was furious and he summoned his special inventor, whose name was Drosselmere and who had made many wonderful things. He ordered him to make some mouse traps, which he did, and these were left in the palace kitchens. Soon they had caught lots of mice. 
The queen of the mice was furious, for the mice that lay in the traps were her children. And she climbed up onto the human queen's dressing room table. And just as the queen was going to bed, she said, So, you dared to kill my children, did you? Well, I'll have my revenge. I will. I'll make your little princess turn quite ugly. The queen screamed, and her guards rushed into the room with drawn swords. But the mouse queen had disappeared behind the skirting board. It so happened that the king and queen had a beautiful daughter called Princess Pilpert. When the king heard about the threats of the mouse queen, he ordered that the bed of the princess must be guarded by seven fierce cats so that no mouse could get near her. But even cats must sleep. And when they were curled up and purring softly, the queen mouse crept past them and climbed up onto the end of Princess Pearlpat's bed. There she said an evil magic spell. And in the morning, when the princess looked in the mirror, she saw that her face had been turned quite ugly. Her nose was long and had a wart on the end of it. Her eyes were small and squinty. Her hair was standing up on end and would not settle down and she had spots on her chin. In fact, she was not just ugly, she was hideous. As you can imagine, the queen was utterly distraught and the king, well, he was beside himself. He summoned Drosselmeer again and gave him just four weeks to find a cure for the princess's ugliness or else. But Drosselmeer was an inventor, not a magician. He did not know any spells or anti-spells. He did not know what to do, and so he asked the court astrologer for his advice. And the advice he received was that Princess Pearlpat must eat a nut called a crackertook. But first, the nut must be cracked by a boy who had never shaved, and he must do it without opening his eyes. And then he must take seven steps backwards without stumbling. Well, Drosselmeer searched the land for a crackertook nut. And eventually, after almost four weeks were up, he found one in a small shop. He brought it before the king. This nut, sir, he said, is the cure for your daughter's ugliness. She must eat it. But first, the nut must be cracked by a boy who has never shaved. And he must do it with his eyes closed. And then he must take seven steps backwards without stumbling. The king was pleased that the cure for his daughter was so straightforward. He made a law that any boy who fulfilled the conditions and cured his daughter of ugliness would have the hand in marriage of the princess. And many boys came to the palace and tried to crack the nut. But not one could succeed. Until one day, Drosselmeer's own nephew was visiting his uncle in the palace. His face was still smooth 
and he had not quite reached the age when he needed to shave. And his uncle asked if he would like to try his hand at cracking the nut. And the nephew held the nut between his teeth and he closed his eyes and he cracked it. Then he took seven steps backwards and on the seventh step, he stumbled. And although Princess Pilpat was cured of her ugliness and was beautiful once more, Drosselmere's nephew had caught the spell and his face became ugly. In place of his nice kind mouth, he wore a stupid grin and his smooth cheeks grew a white curly beard and his head grew too large for his shoulders and he looked not only ugly but stupid too. And although the king had promised that his daughter would marry the boy who cured her, his daughter refused to marry one who was so ugly. And the king agreed that it would not be proper for the princess to marry such an ugly, stupid-looking boy. And as Drosselmere's nephew went home, people pointed and laughed at him. His teacher said he could no longer come to school because he looked so ridiculous. And so he stayed home, all alone. And that was the story that Godfather Drosselmere told to Clara. And she thanked her godfather for telling her such an interesting story. But she had to admit that it made her feel rather sad. That night, Clara was thinking about the strange tale. And she could not fall asleep. After a long while of laying awake, she heard a voice whispering in her ear. It was the Mouse King who would come back to her. And he said, Feed me your sweets, or I will bite off the head of your precious nutcracker, and I will spit it out where nobody will find it again, not even your ingenious godfather. And Clara was so afraid for the nutcracker that she got up and found some sweets for the Mouse King. He gobbled them up with his seven heads in an instant, and then he demanded more. She went down to the pantry and found some cake, and he ate all that too, and the Christmas pudding, and the newly baked biscuits, and he still wanted more. How much more shall I give you? asked Clara. And the Mouse King said, It is for me to say when I stop. Give me more, I say. And Clara began to cry. For what would her mother say in the morning when she found that all the sweets, cake and biscuits in the house had been eaten? And as she was crying, the Nutcracker came striding into the room. The Mouse King turned round and said, Prepare to die, oh ugly one! But the Nutcracker bit off the Mouse King's seven heads and soon he lay dead. And when he had defeated his enemy, Clara picked up her hero and took him back to her room. And instead of going to sleep, they watched a wonderful show. Toys 
came out to dance and sing for them all night long. Never before had Clara seen such a lovely performance. In the morning, she could not wait to tell her mother all about what she had seen. But when she began to explain about the seven-headed mouse king and the brave little nutcracker, her mother said, Clara, your imagination is running wild. Don't you realise that what you saw is just a dream? But look, mother, said Clara, reaching into her pocket. Here are the seven crowns of the Mouse King that the Nutcracker defeated. Just toys, said her mother. Stop being silly. Can't you see I'm busy? And so Clara went into the nursery and sat down and cried. It is true, she said. And if the Nutcracker was a person, not just a, well, a Nutcracker, then I would love him and marry him even if he was ugly. I would not be like little Princess Pearlpat in that story. I would love a boy for his good heart, not for his handsome face. And as she said that, she heard the doorbell, followed by her godfather's voice in the hall. She went to see him and to tell him what she was thinking. But there was no need, for Godfather Drosmere had come with his nephew. And his nephew was no longer ugly, but handsome and bright-eyed and smiling. For when Clara had promised to marry an ugly but good boy, she had broken the spell, and they both knew that one day they would be married to each other and live happily ever after. And that's the story of the Christmas Nutcracker. I do hope you enjoyed that magical story. It's a little bit different from the famous ballet version of it, which has lots of different dances, including the Sugar Plum Fairy.
lots more stories at storynori.com. So drop by soon. From me, Natasha. Bye-bye.